This is Frontline on Air. Major stories on the go. When Tagore's poem got the Indira touch, Indira Gandhi's diligent edits on an English translation of the iconic poem Ekla Cholore reveal her latent literary sensibilities. By Sanjeeva Prasad. Digging through the papers of your long-deceased parents evokes many poignant memories and bouts of sneezing due to the dust, lint and mustiness that creep into even well-sealed boxes. But such excavations yield some gems that deserve to be shared with others, especially when it concerns the preoccupations of a Prime Minister of India in the days before her death, her enduring engagement with an inspirational poem song by the polymath Gurudev Rabindranath Tagore and an interaction with one of India's leading sculptors and with her principal wordsmith The last mentioned was my father HY Sharda Prasad who had served as Indira Gandhi's press advisor and principal speechwriter from the day she took office in 1966 to the moment she was assassinated during her walk to an interview in her garden with Peter Ustinov with whom my father was waiting on that fateful morning safely stored in a small box was a taupe colored file that distinguished itself from sarkari mundaneness by its fine velvet cover opening the file i found that its transparent plastic sleeves housed a couple of fine portraits of indira gandhi i realized the significance of these on seeing in one of the sleeves some faded dried petals over a chit of paper on which my mother had helpfully inscribed rose petals mrs g these were presumably the petals that she had collected when she had gone to see the body of the slain prime minister lying in state i conjecture that the photographs were among the candid portraits considered by her advisers for enlargement to place behind her body one of these portraits has her seated at her desk with a portrait of her guru and mentor Tagore on the wall behind her In the last month of her life Indira Gandhi my father and the noted sculptor Shankar Choudhury had several interactions One of the last executive actions of Indira Gandhi on October 30th 1984 was to approve the appointment of Shankar Choudhury as the chairman of the Lalit Kala Academy While a veteran politician Ram Nivas Mirdha had won the most votes in an election for the post he had the good sense and cultural sensibilities to suggest that one respected artist should succeed another as chairman of the arts academy The following words are from the letter of approval for the appointment of Shankar Choudhury as chairperson of Lalit Kala Academy dated October 30th 1984 Lalit Kala Academy The Lalit Kala Academy chairmanship is vacant with the completion of Shri Hebbar's term. Under its constitution, the academy members vote for a panel of 3 of whom the government chooses one. Elections were held on 11 March 1984 and the following topped the polls. Shri Ram Nivas Mirtha 50 votes, Shri Shankar Choudhury 35 votes, Shri Pradosh Dasgupta 27 votes PM had earlier approved Shri Mirdha's appointment but he has now expressed inability and has also been urging Shri Choudhury to accept the position 
PM may kindly approve Shri Shankar Choudhury's appointment. HY Sharada Prasad 29th October 1984 But a more interesting interaction that took place over the month centered on a translation of Tagore's memorable song Jodi tor dakshune keu nashe that contains the memorable phrase ekla cholo which inspired Indira Gandhi However the translations of this poem did not seem to satisfy her exacting standards My father had on several occasions said that Indira Gandhi worked tirelessly on her speeches and would have made an excellent sub-editor. He also maintained that her intellect and education were of the highest caliber with leading writers and philosophers like Iris Murdoch and Andrei Malraux seeking out her company. How particular she could be about words and their meaning can be seen here. The story begins on October 2nd as good a day as any for this task when she seems to have asked Shankar Choudhury to look up the authoritative translation the one by the poet Kritish Roy which was then conveyed to my father If they answer not to thy call walk alone if they are afraid and cower mutely facing the wall o thou of evil luck open thy mind and speak out alone If they turn away and desert you when crossing the wilderness o thou of evil luck trample the thorns under thy tread and along the bloodline track travel alone if they do not hold up the light when the night is troubled with storm o thou of evil luck with a thunder flame of pain ignite thine own heart and let it burn alone translated by Kritish Roy published in Anthology of 100 Songs of Rabindranath Tagore by Sangeet Natak Academy 1961 My father marked up the poem replacing the words answer not with a suggestion of come not in response and underlined the thrice repeated appellation o thou of evil luck with a note o thou of evil luck is not the best equivalent of o obhage O hapless one or o luckless one would be more apt. Mrs Gandhi's pencil work starts on this typed sheet. She scribbles if no one listens to your call you walk alone near the first line. Then she strikes through they are in the second line and writes if afraid they cower mutely. She accepts her speechwriter's suggestion of o hapless one but in lower case she strikes out the archaic thy with a more modern yo in the next verse she decides that the when crossing the wilderness phrase should be moved up and a comma can be dispensed with she nixes the phrase trample the thorns under thy tread and replaces it with tread firmly on the thorns Then in the third verse she again decides that the phrase when the night is troubled with storm should move up after the if and be recast as if in the storm troubled night the phrase with the thunder flame of pain is axed and replaced with with the lightning and pain the archaic thine is updated to your and the last line is reworded to read and you yourself 
become a light. This version was then typed up with an almost apologetic note, quote, This is my own rough translation of a poem written in the Bengali language by Rabindranath Tagore, unquote. My father's editorial pencil suggests in fear instead of afraid and corrects two spelling mistakes, hapless and lighting, introduced by the typist. Another person Indira Gandhi would have wanted to consult was the noted scholar Krishna Kriplani, who had written on Tagore, Gandhi and others. However, he was seriously unwell, and so Mrs. Gandhi wrote a letter to him inquiring how he was, but with an inimitable personal touch. The following are words from a letter to Krishna Kriplani. Pradhan Mantri Bhavan, Prime Minister's House, New Delhi, October 21st, 1984. Dear Krishna, I heard that you were back some days ago but I have been continuously on tour and I am off again tomorrow morning. You've been through a bad time in Moscow and I have been very anxious. We are glad to have you back in India. I do hope that you're now really better. Are you allowed to move out? Devika Rani was here a couple of days ago and told me that she had cured your asthma, the remedy being a clove of garlic with honey morning and evening. Is this true? And if so, what do you do about the stink? Needless to say, this is not for me, but for someone else who is suffering. With good wishes, yours sincerely, Indira Gandhi. To Shri Krishna Kriplani, 31, Ferosha Road, New Delhi, 110-001. Of course, she could not have been satisfied. She set to work on another version of the song, which has much more cadence when read aloud. If no one answers to your call... Go your way alone. If all are mute, O hapless one, if all are filled with fear, then with open heart and fearless voice, speak the truth alone. If all go back, O hapless one, when you're on your way along the deep, dark forest track, if no one turns his face, then walk the thorny path with proudly bleeding feet, with face set bravely forward, the blood-stained dust behind. If no one lights the beacon on a dark stormy night, if no one hears your knocking and all men shut their doors, then be not hurt, O hapless one, but in the fiery thunder set the torch of thy heart aflame and burn in the dark alone. Even this version is marked up with the proudly to be promoted before with. The erroneous likes is corrected to lights and the archaic thy updated to your. The last line still troubles her. She asks, Will this give the correct meaning to the little girl? Will she take it for burn oneself or burn the torch? Then she seems to think that the line may be recast, but unsure, asks, Can I take this liberty? When suggesting that, Burn in the dark alone, be changed to light the darkness alone. I don't know who was the little girl reader that Indira Gandhi had in mind, or whether her version of Tagore's great poem song ever got published. But looking at her painstaking work on the poem, even in an unfinished form, one can appreciate her literary sensibilities. 
Sanjeeva Prasad is a professor of computer science and engineering at IIT Delhi. This article was written in his personal capacity. This is Frontline on Air. Major stories on the go. 